Hey, I'm Laurie. Hey, I'm Phil. It's a delight to be presenting a brand new podcast to you. We've been the Super Bailey Bros for many years. I've done my time on BBC Radio. Phil, you join me a bit on there as well? I have. I've done my little guest spots, occasionally saved your butt. That's what you would say. Yeah, yeah that, that is, is what, what you would say. I need I to say. rephrase that. Yeah, that is what you would That's what That is we, what I, I have can't said. Do it. But we thought we'd finally get going with something else. I've now got three children. Phil has a child. And, um, well, life has continued at pace, so we haven't been able to keep going with Super Baby Bros. And in particular, that used to be a film show. And, well, now I'm not really seeing any films. How about you, Phil? I've seen a couple more, like, snippets of video games, snippets of YouTube, snippets of streaming, all that stuff. You know, what you've inadvertently done there is giving it a name. I think we need to start somewhat afresh here. So how about... Snippets with Laurie. <laughs> That's that is terrible. Actually, awful. Snippet sounds like a uh... vasectomy issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. Absolutely. The snippets. It's actually a really good idea. You could you could get men who've had a vasectomy to come on and talk about their vasectomy you know, what life's experiences, like or yeah, well, I imagine like that, or most men like. would have quite a story of what it was like, what was going through their heads as they lay there. Precisely. Because unlike most medical op- operations, I believe you stay awake. I don't believe you. I think that is 100% true. For what I imagine happened during a vasectomy, I don't believe you. I think it's all localised, and so they just kind of, they poke (laughs) their heads into the bag and then snip, snip. Just stop talking. (laughs) You you said snippets, you said snippets, so. (laughs) Well, there's a little taste of what you can expect from this show, uh, listeners. A little bit of chat like that. But we are going to talk about Netflix, stuff that we've been really enjoying, or TV, films that we do manage to watch, some classic and some new. I'm going to try and... Uh, get us into the world of the entertainment industry. We're not going to do like political news, current affairs, yeah. I don't think, are we? Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. No, I think that's how most people feel these days about that particular topic. And we're going to stay away from the pandemic on the whole, other than the fact that I think, obviously, based on the way we're talking, we're in it. We are in <laughs> going it. Going yeah. mad, You're stuck between these four walls. Uh, but hopefully, it should be a little bit of fun. And uh, hey, Super Bailey Bros. What do we used to call them? Pixels and Bros? Pixels and Bros, yeah, that was it. Welcome back. And um, I'm going to say probably our Twitter profile. I wouldn't tweet us there if you want to get in touch. We should probably set up a new one, right? Oh. It's just a headache even to think about. And a new email address. What do you think, Laurie and Phil? I at think gmail.com? if you are an existing fan, you get in touch the normal way until we establish some other way. All right, that's very sensible, Phil. Well, that's, that's why you're I'm here, isn't sure it? I'm sure to becoming a father. I'm now practical voice of reason. and reasonable. And do you know something I need to add on at uh, this point as well is that having uh, been a BBC radio presenter and in fact acting as a freelance professional in the audio space, um, my sort of star fill is ascendant, <laughs> has risen. And so I can attract some really amazing guest names to this podcast. Does that excite you? Um, it depends on the guest, I think. I think. Uh... Well, how's, how is this for starters? On this very episode... Um, I'm thinking we'll hear from my best new friend, Joe Wicks, fitness phenomenon. <laughs> I, I you know laughing? your games, my friend. So no, you I don't do know, know your games. Like, what are you talking about? There's no games. I know the games. Joe Wicks. I know. Joe I Wicks, don't I believe guess, a word. On, this, on this podcast. Look, well, we'll come to that later on. That shall whet your appetite. And you've, been, you've seen Soul from Pixar, haven't I've you? I've seen Soul. I could talk about Wonder Woman if you'd like. I could talk about some little titty bits. That, uh, I've... Don't talk about titty bits. You can talk about some tidbits. Tidbits. <laughs> tidbits. <laughs> goodness sake. <laughs> tidbits. And, yeah, you know, just general chit-chat and giggles. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do that. We'll, we'll get as much fun as we can in. You know, it will be a ropey first episode, but stick with us. Because it'll get good. It'll get into a well-oiled machine. I've done new music, new jingles. It's a new brand. It's, it's a new Laurie and Phil. 
Let's do Have it. You already done a jingle? No, <laughs> I'm going to write one. <laughs> Laurie, have you had the chance to watch the brand new Pixar film, Soul, not from the comfort of a nice new brand spanking movie theatre, but from your very own home? Uh, no, I haven't, Phil. In fact, oddly enough, I not not I'm avoiding these things, but I don't feel a pull to watch them at a high price. But uh, something in your sprightly demeanour tells me that you did do that very thing. I didn't pay a thing other than the price that we agreed to pay at the very start of our subscription, because... Soul is one of the few films, brand new films you can watch these days, which is uh, just available. You don't have to pay extra to get it. It is on Disney Plus. I think it's even classed as a Disney Plus original. And so I decided to watch it last night so I could chat about it. I think we're really calling it that. A Disney Plus original. That's just straight up copying Netflix, right? Well, isn't it all just copying Netflix at this point? Or is everything copying Disney? Well, no, definitely everything is not copying Disney. I think Disney might be in trouble. They're really down on theme park revenue, aren't they? But anyway, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Phil, no, I haven't seen this. And honestly, the trailers I've seen for it don't exactly make me want to watch it. It looks like a slightly weird hybrid of kind of soul culture that I don't know anything about and the goofy Pixar animation style that we've come to know and love. And I've never seen Pixar as something that particularly explores cultures. Although having said that, Coco did that first, I suppose, didn't it? Funny you should say that. I might come on to that after we listen to a little bit of okay, a clip. Okay. But let me just set Hit up me. just briefly what Soul is about. Soul is about Joe Gardner, a middle school teacher, voiced by Jamie Foxx. He is somebody who loves jazz. Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> jazz. <laughs> is that how he says it? No, he, he's actually quite inspiring in how he does it. He inspires his, well... He attempts to inspire his middle school students, but really he's a down-on-luck middle-aged guy desperately looking for his big break. And uh, perhaps he's found the opportunity when one of his old students invites him to play with Dorothea Williams, who is a very cool saxophone player at the High Note, a new club downtown in Manhattan I think it is. Why are you? <laughs> I wish you could see, Phil. You're sort of moving your head side to it's side. Jazz, like, oh, these are really it's jazz, really jazzy terms. Manhattan's not a weird thing. No, to say. I didn't. I don't I've know. Been, I have been, Phil, to a jazz club in Manhattan. Well, I know, know this, and I wondered if you were going to enlighten us with your jazz experience because I too have have some connection to jazz because in my ridiculous degree that I did at university and in America, no less, I studied jazz, and so did I you, I didn't I did that. a whole module on it. Yeah, it was a bit weird and. Um, I'm not really sure it was a proper course. That whole stretch in America was a bit weird. I did a course on vampires. Let's not go there. But anyway. That's brilliant. I loved it. I visited you there and a stag wandered into your university It was a beautiful campus. campus. It was as idyllic as it could possibly get. Yes, all right, tr- sorry, truly wonderful. But anyway, Pixar. jazz. It's all about jazz. I have strong feelings about jazz. But let's listen to a bit of the trailer so you can get a sense of Joe Gardner as he pursues his jazz- jazzy passions. Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at 7. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's going to say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! Must have been sudden for you. Huh? Is this heaven? No, it's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth! Stop fighting this! I don't want to! Uh. <laughs> oh, hey, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. We can't. 
We can't taste either? All that stuff is in your body. No smell, no taste. Or touch. See? Okay, I get it. Right, you get the idea, don't you? Well, I, no, <laughs> no. I, uh, it's so not what I expected because I'm not really in the world of trailers anymore. It's uh, What on earth is this film? <laughs> exactly. Did you notice who that little uh, new soul voice was? No, I didn't. You've got so- Jamie Foxx. And then, well, I can tell Jamie Foxx. And then there's a little, little new soul who doesn't want to join Earth, doesn't want to become part of Earth. She's in the great before, and that is voiced by Tina Fey. Is it? And uh, great, yeah. So in this movie, two good talents, I think. Yeah. So you'd think. I found Soul a very confusing little number. It seems to be about three different movies in one. It sort of is very unsure of itself in actually what it's talking about. You've got these great platitudes about life and what life is meaning and purpose and all this sort of stuff. But actually, I don't really think this film knows what it's talking about. I kept on thinking about um, you. I remember when we reviewed um, a Woody Allen film way, 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 way back. And you Mm. said something about how you kind of feel like Woody Allen's always telling you about what love is, but you don't really believe that he knows what love is. So why are we listening to him? He's very annoying in that way. Yeah, it's good. films are quite condescending and there's a sense in which, come on, let's just all agree that we're all like this, really. And I think, no, Woody, no, we're not all like this. You may be like this, but it's very foolhardy to assume that everyone else agrees with you. And you're saying the same thing about this. I think, to a, to a less sort of vicious degree, I feel like... And this is this, not vicious. No, no, just, no, no, no. no. Yeah. I think in Woody Allen, it's, it's a bit more of a complex issue. But with I'm this sure. film, yeah. I think... It's uh, by Pete Doctor or Doctor, I'm not quite sure. Um, But he's behind Coco, he's behind Up, he's behind some of the more recent um, uh, Pixar hits, in inverted commas. He also did um, Inside Out, and he's a guy Mm. who's sort of constantly putting these massive big questions about life, um, identity, purpose in these kids' films. Well, it's funny you say that. Looking at it, when I saw Inside Out pop up, I thought you and I both agree, I think, that Inside Out is not Pixar's strongest, despite the glowing reviews that it got. Um, I thought this was very like Inside Out, uh, straight away, down to the... It's sort of abstract, falling through different animation styles. It's not really anything that we've seen before. It's a hinterlands that doesn't really exist. And then if you, it does look like those three films combined together. Well, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that I feel like this is retreading basically all the things that have gone before because Coco was him going into the afterlife trying to sort of redeem his ancestors um, in sort of embracing a Mexican culture Um, and then Inside Out was going inside the mind and sort of exploring abstract ideas like consciousness and the subconscious and and the way that they present these sort of worlds I think Coco did this much better but Inside Out it constructs these realities completely from imagination um and Mm. so defines what this thing is and what's weird about it is in this film and in all the other films is they're weirdly corporate i feel like it's a bit like an apple designer has come up with what this life is like they have these guides all called jerry um who help these new little personalities into their uh into the earth and help the people going into the great beyond or great after and there's it's just sort of there's these weird sort of processes involved that are constructed by this writer and it just seems very very unsatisfying because it just feels a bit abstract a bit empty it was making me think of Christopher Nolan uh, in Interstellar these was great um, vast sort of pictures of unbelievable scenes that we can't possibly comprehend and it's just kind of like okay that's your idea 
it's like somebody's telling you their dream and you just don't care. It's their definitions of oh. what happens. And you kind of think, I, is this really what a kid movie should be? I don't remember that being the case with like any of the other Pixar films. And yet it seems to be increasingly Pixar just moving towards this weird abstract ideas where they get to define in these sort of corporate clean ways what identity is, what the afterlife is, what everything is. And it just seems a bit... It gives me the creep. I like that description that it's like someone telling you their dream. That's putting your finger on it, man. And I didn't like that about Inside Out, really. I thought there were many more interesting things they could have done with the ideas they had than what they chose to do. And I know it's an emotional moment, but the imaginary friend disappearing and all that, I thought was pretty weak, actually. And, and kind of adults being sentimental more than anything really for children. Yeah. But I wonder, I mean, is it, does it annoy you because you think the children will be confused? You're trying to see it from their point of view, that it's too abstract for them, that it's kind of actually like a fairy tale for adults more than anything that anyone will enjoy. Because I suppose what a child might enjoy, even if they can't grasp all of that, is just the gags, right? Well, Things being funny I would, or silly. I would argue that the gags in this film are for the adults and actually quite a lot right. of the ideas in the film are for the adults as well because it's not the usual protagonist for a kid's movie. It's a middle-aged man who's maybe feeling a bit down on his luck and a bit sad for himself, sorry for himself, okay. that his life hasn't arrived. And um, one of the gags with Tina Fey's new soul who hasn't yet gone to Earth and doesn't really feel like they want to, called number 22 uh, because they've had so many mentors in their life their kind of pre-life already trying to show them their purpose or their who they are as a person so that they're ready to join earth and you get people like muhammad ali gandhi referred to carl jung all of these people are like cutaway gags really and um i found those quite funny but that's because i well, know I was gonna say like there's potential but it's very not in t- today's sphere of like relevance is well, it well you just kind of it's like okay that's it's it's like the cutaway gags in family guy in that they have some relevance, but they are a joke in and of themselves. They don't push the narrative forward. They're not really coming from a uh, an organic place in the story. They're just there to kind of punctuate the film as it moves through the different um, worlds and things like that. But perhaps, Phil, all this is because Pixar as a brand, if you're Disney and you are hyper-corporate, right, and you're trying to sell things well, then who's Pixar for nowadays? Maybe Pixar itself given that disney do their own 3d animations perfectly fine nowadays maybe they are seeing the pixar's audience aging and so they genuinely are targeting an older audience who want to feel that sense of sort of childlike nostalgia and wonder because you know toy story was pixar was it not yes and that was was a long time ago long time ago for the first one but toy story 4 i well this is kind of getting blowing up into this whole kind of feelings i have about pixar at the moment and i'm not sure really that the magic is still there with Pixar. I think... It is old, and they've changed staff, have they not? Yeah, but this guy's been there for a while now. He's done quite a few films. I can't remember the last really good Pixar film I've seen. There's Onward, which was Coco. the Chris Pratt and uh, Tom Holland film, which I which yeah, is on Disney+. Plus. watch the trailer. And I just, yeah, I just couldn't be bothered. It's another sort of like, okay, super intense uh, theme, but set in a really kind of abstract and kind of undefined world i felt like so i haven't watched that, that one, one but seemed I, a bit bland actually more yeah than and then pretty bland but i just think if you want to see these sort of ideas that are in soul done in a kind of better way i thought coco was much better and more interesting yeah much better um, and more vibrant there's so much bland sort of uh, vistas and escapes you know in this this afterlife that they've designed or pre-life whatever you want to call it it just seems a bit barren and a bit cold and a bit like oh beautiful but cold and nasty at the same time 
Um, not very inspiring, really. But I'm not going to be all negative. I'm going to finish on a high, sorry. I will say this is some of the best animation I've ever seen in terms okay. of the New York bits. They don't stay in the um, kind of beyond world for the whole movie, thankfully. I find those those patches especially dull. But the bits in New York I found really really the lighting in it was just whoa delicious whoa delicious i can't i can't believe how well the, it was lit and how well it was animated and the detail it honestly looks kind of realistic and yet you've got these kind of cartoony um character models going with it i i really like that um but i think the voice cast oh i'm getting into negatives i really was disappointed because i really wanted to like a good pixar movie especially when you've got all this stuff going on you want to be cheered up I found it a little mm. bit lacking. Tina Fey was a bit annoying and miscast. Jamie Foxx was fine. Do you know Graham Norton's in it? Oh, really? Yeah. Is he crossing over to the uh, the other side of the Atlantic I think he's got days? a weird sort of following because of uh, his talk show that he's... Uh, but I just worry it's a bit like Andy Peters in Toy Story 2. <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> Who doesn't love that? Couple more bags, bags comes from the, the terminal. terminal. Ridiculous. Great line. Well done, Andy. But yeah, I, I and Richard Ayoade is in there as one of the the guys, the voices. I'm not a big fan of his actually. I think the only genuinely brilliant thing he's ever done is the IT crowd. I think that's um, quite controversial. He's quite popular, but I just feel like it doesn't. Yeah, I don't like him that much. It doesn't mesh. I was really disappointed, and I'd be curious to see if other people felt the same way. Um, Ellie, my wife, she was like, "Ugh, mm. it just didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really know what it wanted to do, and she found it boring." Um, well, I think the writing was on the wall as early as up actually, which although I, I still think is is enjoyable. Um, it has all the hallmarks we're talking about. It's got this kind of abstract, slightly meaningless uh, philosophizing cod, cod philosophy, pop philosophy, pop psychology. <laughs> God, it's like, cod I don't know which philosophy. one it is. But tell me, tell me I, I, one thing I'm thinking about. You know, this is um, my sort of cynicism coming out here, Phil, because you know I'm straight to Cynical Alley as um, a lot of these things come up and everyone gets annoyed with me like, oh, come on, can't you just enjoy it? But tell me, did it feel a little bit like all these wanderings? I'm going with what you described here, like... A giant hand. The filmmakers have got this giant hand. It's a story hand. And it weaves its way around characters and settings and events. And it circles all the way around in a mysterious journey till it lands on their own back and gives it a pat, pat, pat. <laughs> so like, it's a big old exercise in patting ourselves on the back. About how insightful and how insightful and beautiful humans really are. And that's all these films ever have to say. In my opinion, that is often how it works out. And that's why it feels thin. And in a pandemic zone, as we currently are, that thinness and shallowness um, is that much more present to people because actually we do need meaning that is greater than just what what we're living in. You know what I mean? Well, I, I don't want to spoil the film, but for a film called Soul, I will say that the ending I found particularly Ooh. soulless. Ouch. <laughs> well, on that zinger, uh, maybe that should end the first review for Laurie and Phil. Talk film? But we're not talking about films for the rest of it, are we? That's a good little film bit, though, Phil. Thank, thank you, you thank for that. You. Okay, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, and do you want to give it a grade or maybe we should do percent in a new... Our new um, podcast world. Oh, I don't know what... Um, oh, stars. You can use stars. I think just let it speak for itself. Oh, really? That's very high and mighty of you. Well, seeing as they were going adult now, we're not, we're not silly super... I'm not saying bros. adults. I'm not saying adult at all. I'm just saying not the super Bailey bros. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I can give you a good example of exactly how not adult we're being in. Just a second. Now, Phil, you were very cruel in thinking that... Uh, my talk about having celebrity superstar fitness phenomenon Joe Wicks on this podcast. You, you seem to think I was playing some kind of game. Well, get ready to eat those <laughs> words, my friend, um, because I'm going to get my friend Joe on the line just now. Are you excited? Uh, yes. 
Yeah, of course you are. Have you have you been sort of caught up in this phenomenon at all? Did you try PE with Joe? Uh, I did a little bit. He was doing some full-on adult workouts in the, the first yes, he was. lockdown one. It was like, right, we're going to do an hour and like five seconds rest and then 20 more sets. Yeah. And I, I, I did it with some children and it did not... Uh, they lost interest. Oh, well, the kids didn't like they, it. I think it was just too intense. And But I know he's done... He starts up again. I know for a first, first hand, in fact, that he starts up again because I did it yesterday. The twenty-minute burst, and um, yeah, we got my uh, my pulse racing. Even though, do you enjoy it? Do, and do you find him quite charming? He does a good job. I feel like it's like, oh, Joe, like it's that sort of reaction, not anything beyond that. I don't know. I can be more different from you because he's his is the only sort of fitness fad that me and my wife have managed to really stick with. We did it all the way through lockdown. You can probably tell just from my voice now how much more fit and muscly i am Phil. well at christmas you were boasting uh, about your muscles of course yeah. i was you were, uh, I've, got, I've yet to see the muscles um just imagine that christmas lunch me boasting about it's ridiculous <laughs> well i don't go showing them off although i shall if i hear any more scorn such as this well show them off put uh, them like on the, the insta wo- the word when judith pressed her hand to my <laughs> abs was wow <laughs> i know it's tmi but like <laughs> um but anyway let's stop all this talk and let's get um let's get Joe well, let's let's thank now, him so. yeah yeah exactly uh, you there, Joe? Hello, yeah, you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Phil didn't even think you were going to turn up on this podcast. <laughs> I think he thought I was making some kind of ridiculous, um, ridiculous play. Oh, you're, you're kidding me. Phil, mate. What, yeah? <laughs> why, are you doing, yeah? why are you covering your face with your hand? Because, <laughs> hi, Joe. Well done for yesterday. You did a fantastic oh, job. Oh, mate, why I... don't you ever play any music in the background? Well, it's a tricky thing to get copyright cleared, isn't it? Yeah, I've, uh, I do my best, but um, sometimes you just got to have the music in your head because it's all about the rhythm of your body. It's all about being fit and uh, it's all about working hard, isn't it? Yeah. Why do you sometimes seem out of breath when you're doing the workouts yourself if you're a fitness guru? Because it's real and I really push my body to the limit and I want you to know that um, even if you feel like this, then you can make progress and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, body transformations, they don't come easy, yeah? You gotta get out of breath, and you gotta you gotta work hard. <laughs> well, wow. Okay, Joe. Don't laugh at him, Phil. It's a special I'm, guest. I'm, I'm Joe. I, joyful glee. I'm delighted to have Joe with us. I really am. And what's even more exciting, Phil, and you're not aware of this. I didn't tell you this before the podcast. Um, yeah. Is uh, one thing, and actually, I don't think many people know this, but Joe uh, is decided. Sorry, Joe. I'm going to speak for you, if that's okay. Yeah, fine, mate. Yeah, carry on. Um, is uh, he's expanding his sort of philosophy for fitness into other areas of life because the method doesn't just work when it comes to your body and your, your physical fitness. Obviously, it also has massive benefits to mental health, but also but so many other areas of life as well. And I thought Joe might be amazing that he's agreed to it, really. I was going to come in and uh, give us some insights uh, from lots of different areas of life and how you can use the Joe Wicks method to, um, to improve yourself. So he's going to demonstrate some of that for us. Okay. Right now, is that right, Joe? Yeah, mate, that's right. And uh, what we're going to do is we're we're going to do some sleep, all right? <laughs> so I've been doing fitness, and uh, your body's looking great. But now, how about your sleep time? Because you need to be healthy with your sleep as well. And uh, so here's what we're going to do. Do it with me, all right? I'm I'm really going to do it. I'm going to work hard. Um, we do it 30 seconds on and 30 seconds <laughs> off, and th- and that's how we do it, all right? So I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to demonstrate it, and I, I want you guys to join along with me. So what we might do is um. We're going to let Joe start us off with a bit of sleep, and then we'll come back to him later to see to see how he's getting on. And uh, you guys, you know, just just follow his pattern and and see how it works for your sleep. All right, with me, okay. So here's what you want to do: you want to lie down, 
you know, get your, put your covers up under your chin, nice and, I, I have a teddy bear next to me, but you can use whatever you like, you know, don't, you don't have to use my teddy, it's not, not an issue, and uh, just close your eyes, right, just close your eyes with me, and uh, take some deep breaths, and uh, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, let's wait for the beeper, push yourself to the limit, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Ted, are you going to yeah, join I'm in? I'm joining yeah? in, I'm really joining in. Yeah, good, good, so Phil and I are going to join Joe um, in this uh, amazing way to get healthy sleep. Um, and what you, you'll come back to us during the podcast to see how we're getting on with Joe. And uh, it's all right, Joe. Obviously, he's um, he's sleeping, so we need to get on with it, Phil. How do you feel about that? Yeah, he sounds great. And you and you and you thought this was all a big joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so my contribution here, other than the fantastic celebrity. Star power of Joe Wicks, wasn't it? Super a treat booking. to have him on top, top, right out the gate. I was, uh, I was surprised. Put it that way. Um, but we'll come back to Joe and his sleep exercise. He didn't even later. mention his uh, OBE or anything. Well, he doesn't need to. We're old pals by now, you know. And he, he's not that sort of guy. He doesn't like to um, uh, sort of shout about his achievements, partly because everyone knows by now. Anyway, but look, <laughs> I want to give you guys a Netflix recommendation. And uh, what'll be quite bitter about this one is that it's one that I've given to Phil and I know he hasn't followed up on. It's on my why. list to he watch. Won't, he won't follow up on as well. All right, so here you go. My wife and I, Jude and I, have done a lot of um, watching and TV watching during lockdown because my uh, baby daughter arrived in January. She turned one this week, in fact. Happy last No, last week, last week, in fact. I can't even count the days anymore. Um, and so we've been pretty exhausted. We've been kind of doing maternity leave and half paternity leave and up a lot during the night and all sorts of things. And one of the shows that has really kept us company and sort of been very life-affirming and surprisingly inspiring in ways we didn't expect uh, is a Japanese live-action show called Midnight Diner, Tokyo Stories. And before you immediately think, not for me, can't handle subtitles or I'm not really interested in that kind of thing. I must challenge you on that because I don't think there is anyone who watches this program that doesn't feel uh, a sense of peace and kind of oneness with the world uh, and life affirmation. It's a really great story. It is about what it what the title is. It's about a diner that only opens at midnight and shuts at 7am right in the heart of Tokyo, run by a very mysterious chef played by Kaoru Kobayashi, and he's known only as Master in the show. And his whole thing is his restaurant, it opens when none of the others are open. There's only one item on the menu, but he says, look, I'll make you anything you want as long as I have the ingredients. And so you get these people turning up at an unusual time of day to be eating, ordering quite unique dishes and bringing with them their lives and stories. And you get these fantastic, you know, the episodes are only about 20 to 30 minutes. You get these fantastic little vignettes every episode about someone's relationship or someone's kind of past or their aspirations or their challenges, their hopes and dreams, and often all beautifully rounded off by these kind of special New Year's Eve episodes uh, and other moments like that where all the regulars and people who've been in various episodes come along and, uh, and talk together. And it is uh, the Netflix. I don't know whether you ever pay much attention to these, Phil, uh, but Netflix has these words that it gives to uh, TV shows. If you ever see the trailers pop up and they say something like Heart heartfelt or uh, inspiring. Do you ever, see, yeah. <laughs> do you ever take note of those? Yeah. Um, but the, it is actually accurate when it comes to this one because it describes it as understated. And that is exactly why it's so beautiful to watch because there's a lot of quiet for a 20 you know minute episode. There's amazing how little speech there is really 
very slow paced, really often very beautiful camera work, even with wipe transitions, which you don't see in things other than Star Wars half the time. And it's a very gentle kind of ramble through a quiet little urban street. And I'll be amazed is there isn't something in each of these stories that you can relate to. Um, and just as a taster for the first episode, and just to say on Netflix as well, there are two sort of iterations of this. There's Midnight Diner, Tokyo Stories, which was filmed more recently. I do actually recommend you start there. There's another one just called Midnight Diner, um, but that's an older one that uh, was broadcast on Japanese TV. The Tokyo Stories one was commissioned specifically for Netflix, and the camera work is quite a lot better. But the first episode of that features uh, a woman who's a taxi driver who comes in and orders a special dish. The master asks her questions about it. There's another guy who comes into the diner and chats to her and likes what she eats, who turns out to be a late night radio host. They strike up a bit of a friendship when they see each other every now and again. Wait, wait, wait. And then the radio... What, what, well, you a radio what? host? Is this... Is this oh, no, it's got nothing to do with me. No, <laughs> Phil. No, trust me. I, I would love to have a radio show like this. People actually listen to. Um, but uh, it's, he, he realises this woman who he's having a friendship with, who's a taxi driver, he thinks she was actually an actor in his favourite action kids TV show growing up. She was essentially like the Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. He recognises her and he, on his radio show, says, I'm sure this is who I met and I'm really looking forward to tracking her down. I want to get her on the show and relive the old days. But she doesn't want to do that and she starts avoiding seeing him. And you think, oh, I wonder why. Maybe she was this Pink Ranger, but now she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. How did she become a taxi driver? Blah, blah, blah. It blossoms into a really interesting story with an end I guarantee you will not see coming. I've rambled a lot. Phil, I, I, this is because I've already talked to you about this, isn't it? Well, you, I just thought, I know how much eagerness you have for people to see this show and how it's so great. disheartened it you will are make you feel better. by your family's lack of ability to sort of just take the plunge and get into it. Um, I think it's me. I think it's because I'm recommending it and you're loath. I'm to not loath at all. <laughs> I, think that, I think the thing is you just, um, you put it on the list and you don't get round to watching it yet. And true. sometimes it's getting into a show is like a, much like a book these days. It's the effort of starting to turn the pages is, is the hard part. Actually, you know you're yes. going to like it when you're in it, but it's just the, the initial plunge of saying, I'm going to watch this. Um, can I ask, has it got sort of lost in translation vibes? Not really, other than the you know, really beautiful shots of Tokyo at night time. And it really is beautiful, soft focus and the lights and all sorts of things. Uh, no, it's, got, it's nothing like lost in translation. It's a bit more melodramatic than that but still understated the other thing i had the question i had is do they stay in the diner the whole episode or is it a starting no. point for the midnight diner and then from that they follow these these uh encounters um, it's more like the linchpin for all these stories where characters meet and stories kind of emerge but it doesn't even always start with the diner it's just the kind of centerpiece for uh, lives in orbit around it and yeah. my other question and i'll tell you i've i've wept a couple of times very moving carry on <laughs> yes. no no i'm joking no no it's just very you know very touching um the last question i have is what is the men the item on the menu that he does cook Oh, it's a ramen combo with, uh, what is it? Um, I think it comes with shochu, which I don't even know what that is. It's an alcohol drink that I believe is very popular in Korea as well. Uh, but yeah, I think pork ramen with um, with shochu and, and maybe some miso soup or something like that. Tasty. It does sound like mm. a nice combo. Mm. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And don't you love the idea of a midnight diner? It always looks cosy in there, quite small. And it, you'll be, incre- from a sort of camera work perspective, it's a very small space, but they managed to make it really feel... Um, it doesn't feel cramped. It feels cosy and welcoming. And genuinely, you will think to yourself, I wish this diner existed in, in my neighbourhood. So that I could pop down there and get, you know, my favourite home-cooked meal, whatever it is. 
and just shoot the breeze. It's like the equivalent of drinking, like going to a bar and pouring out your soul to the bartender, except it's somehow more wholesome than that, that it's people's you know, childhood food that they used to love, that kind of thing. Um, and I, it's based on an old, uh, I think, a manga or a sort of webcomic series as well. So I think that, And it's been a very, very popular, long-running, published uh, series in Japan, almost, I think, a bit like Peanuts, you know, the Charlie right. Gun and Snoopy things. So small stories that are published week by week. And so I think there's a huge amount of uh, material to draw from. And would you say it's Highly, been, highly, highly recommended. Has it been the, your favourite show of the 2020? It's been my best discovery, certainly, because it scratches an itch that I have not been able to find elsewhere. I will. It's almost totally unique. And Judith really loved it as well. It's, it made us... Um, it's the only show that we have watched. Um, you know, occasionally you like the idea of taking a laptop up to bed and before you doze off, you know, you can put a laptop on and watch a series to snooze off to. This is absolutely perfect for that. Anyone will like it, I promise. You just don't fear the I subtitles. Think, I think, man, like, it's... it's- I think you just need to like tone it back a bit. Like, oh yeah, I you saw think this, it's too hard to sell. It's a really cool show. I think you should check it out. Yeah, like no, I've got, I don't need to stand on ceremony. <laughs> I'll tell you, I think I love it, and I think you will love it. I'll be disappointed if you don't watch it. How about really, how about I make an actual tell me actual effort to watch the first episode? Yeah, do I think you? I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't say this if I didn't believe it. Okay, I believe you. Well, but do you believe me, listener? That's the big question. Will you will you go and check it out and be surprised? I will say that Netflix is an app. If you have Netflix, it's a goldmine of non-English drama um, and TV programming. And I, that's one of the things that if you haven't taken a dip into it, you just simply must um, check out some of the foreign language um, content on there because you don't really see it on uh, terrestrial TV or other services. Let me let me Netflix let me just interject here because I think this is this right, is where fine. I can explain the context of of my sort of uh, what's the word apathy when it comes to Laurie's recommendations. It's not it's not just been one show. It's also Miss Yang and these oh, other ones. Don't spoil it. I'm going to bring that up later. <laughs> that course, is amazing. You're, you're going to mention all of these ones. <laughs> of course, and I am. I've already gone through the process of you giving me the hard sell. So yeah, well, so you're going to have to you're going to have to beef it up for the podcast. Here, right? Here's what I will say: is every time you've made a recommendation, I have found it on netflix and add it to my list it's just i haven't taken the oh, plunge but so, i will take a plunge so privileged with so privileged to be on your list midnight diner tokyo stories <laughs> i think you'll enjoy it yep let us know what you think about it listeners as soon as we have an email set up i suppose phil is right for now you might as well send something into super bailey bros at gmail.com i mean let's face it the people who are going to listen to this first episode are already going to be you know people who are familiar with our rubbish let's hope and at super bailey let's bros hope. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Laurie Bailey three as well because I'll tweet about this there if there is anything to tweet about by the time I've edited this ramshackle thing together. Uh, all right, okay, should we check back in with Joe in a sec? <laughs> yeah, let's let's check in with Joe. <sighs> oh man! All right, that's uh, that's thirty seconds of sleep done. Uh, oh, I'm just I'm feeling fantastic. Oh, I'm, 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 t- I'm totally mad. I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, it's much harder work than I expected. Joe, but Joe, don't give up. The important Joe, yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. many no, up, how many up? how many YouTube viewers have you got? Because it's all about the YouTube views, not about the kids. I tell you, I tell you what, mate. I um, normally I get my brother to uh, to tell me because he's the one who's doing the technicals for me. But uh, actually, uh, because I'm in bed, obviously, I don't want him in my room with me while I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, so I'm just going to have to review that one in post. But I'm sure we've got hundreds of thousands. And thank you so much for joining in remember it's all it's all for a good should we should we smash that like button joe smash the like button and uh you know that's a virtual high five so just give me a virtual high five for how well you're sleeping and uh in just oh we've only got a couple of seconds left before it's another 30 seconds remember 30 seconds on 30 seconds off sleep Uh, let's let's smash it 
And uh, sleep transformations don't come easy, so don't give up. You'll be tempted to, but here we go. Let's do it. Thanks, Joe. I think this is going very well. Very well. Right, well, I think that's... Uh, we'll leave Joe sleeping in his snuggly little bed. He does look very happy. And uh, we don't want don't to take that smile off his face by saying it's come to the end of the time on our show. He'll be up in 30 seconds, mate. I don't think you're paying attention to the methods. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and listening to our little film review of Soul and also Laurie's recommendation on streaming services of Midnight Diner, Tokyo Stories. So if you want to check out something or you want to suggest something, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Superbabybros at gmail.com for now. And at some point we will rename this place and it will be that place as the email address. Well, I think the thing is, it will probably, by the time it's been published, it'll already have a new name. But um, we're sticking with that email address, I think, until I know that we can get the correct one on Gmail because you don't want to, you know, get the wrong email address. Put a number one at the end. Yeah, well, I hate that kind of thing. Don't you hate that? It always bothers me. I don't know what it is. It feels cheap or something. Anyway, uh, listeners, anyway. thank you so much for joining us. Yes, uh, let's finish off with some bonus stuff. We used to do this mainly after the um, the outro music, but I think there may or may not be bloopers at the end of the episode. Probably quite But these are all the treats for listening one. to the little jingle that you're going to put together, isn't it? You listen to the jingle, you get the treats. Yeah, but let's do, let's do the bonus first. We don't have the same number of film content that we used to, so let's put in the bonus here now. And this is just the kind of stuff I've been writing down for years on a very long note on my phone now for the, you know, for the Super Betty Bros podcast, and then it became for my radio show, and now it is for this podcast. And actually, I, a lot of it doesn't make much sense anymore. Um, I'll go with one uh, <laughs> right at the top here. So this is the kind of thing you can expect here, listeners. Uh, Phil, I don't know whether you saw some of the special flavours that came out at Christmas this year. There was a gingerbread uh, latte, is that sort of thing? That sort of thing. I mean, that's quite a classic, but I was entranced by chocolate digestives also featuring marmalade. I don't know whether you saw this. Ooh, that sounds very exhausting. And so it was. You know, it's a chocolate orange biscuit, basically. How can you turn it down? And uh, I was really enjoying it. I was crunching that away. Wasn't so keen on the cranberry Jaffa cakes. That one did not meet with my pr- approval in quite the same way. But this this one really did. So the chocolate and marmalade biscuit. And what I realised, I wanted to say, as I was saying it, because I'm alone in my house so often, I do just talk out loud, out loud to no one quite a lot. <laughs> and as I crunched on this biscuit, I thought, mm, well, my confidence to the chef. And I started to say this. And then I realised I can't really say chef because... Is it a chef who makes bis- biscuits? It's a baker, isn't or it? Or is it a baker? Is it, yeah, but you wouldn't say my compliments to the baker. No, that doesn't. Do you know work. what I mean? Because you don't you don't bake biscuits. <laughs> You're not a biscuit baker. You sort of you make biscuits. So I kind of think it needs its own name, like a biscuit chef. Like my, my compliments to the what? That's like that a was, biscuit that's my or bonus something thing. like that. Something, and you're trying to think of a name for a yeah. biscuit maker. My compliments to the. Bexpers. <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> My compliments to the. Uh, would you? Would I just you stick don't know. With but... the the compliments though, would you do something different? Is it sort of like parliaments of owls and things, where each different category has its own go to? You know. My respects. My respect to the. But still, to what? <laughs> like to the. That's the problem. In there, uh, there's no name for a biscuit maker. Chef's not right. Baker's not right. A, sh- Who's a shaker. It who makes biscuits. A chef, a, shaker, a chef baker. I said that you and I, the only thing we can think to do <laughs> is put two words together. <laughs> wow. So if you have a better idea. Well, that's pretty much what they're doing when biscuits. they're coming up with these ideas, aren't they? Just marmalade's good, <laughs> biscuits biscuit are good, maker. put them together. Put them together. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe it's not worth worrying about. But there you are. That's just something that occurred to me. 
I I wrote it down in my notepad. And now I'm sharing it with you. Okay. Do you have such a thing, Phil? I do. I I don't tend to think the way you do. I sort of think on the moment, and I jotted down a couple of things because we said, "Oh, should we just do it? Let's record something." And so I jotted down things that occurred to me, or I discovered over the between the time where we arranged to do this and we've done this. So I got about two or three things. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm I do quick fire, just bam, bam, bam. So number one, Beatles. The the Beatles. I never realised yeah. that there's a pun in the name because they're not just. But yeah, it's the Beatles, like beat. Um, yeah, with an A. Didn't know that, so that was that was a discovery. And if I discovered it, I reckon somebody out there is going to be like, oh, there's beat in the Beatles. Well, that, does it make you feel differently about the band at all? It makes me think, oh, that's way more clever rather than just thinking, oh, I'll just pick some random thing. Is it clever, or is one of the greatest, most respected bands of all time? actually based on a pun which makes it less clever than you think Cheap. it's like a joke band cracker <laughs> like, band like somebody who'd play at butlins you know, like it is a cracker joke basically, in some ways i think it's quite good yeah it's quite good that no one people don't realize <laughs> it's that sort of, as much because the beatles are, yeah i just never thought about it also on that yeah. back um i don't know if you've heard of emily in paris um i have heard of emily in paris i have watched to my great shame and disgust some of Emily in Paris. What an appalling, Well, similarly, like like the like the Beatles, uh, I came across something which said it was saying that the 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 point of the title is not Emily in Paris, it's Emily in Paris. But because <laughs> I was so stupid, I was just like Emily in Paris. You're not stupid, man. You're not. I, I I have heard this. You're not stupid. I think the whole show is that level of shallowness. Because do Americans call it Paris? I think they do. Does anyone who watched the show? You know, who's going to watch it, call it Paris. No, the French say Paris, Paris, don't they? Yeah, but she's in Paris, so she should say Paris. It's not that she's a tourist, she's living there, she's working, she's feeling the uh, European vibes. If uh, if anything, I think that sums up the show for me. <laughs> that uh, it goes completely... A total lack of thought <laughs> and nonsense. Yeah. Anyway. Another one? Uh, I've got another one. I've got these, this is slightly more random. I was walking along, sucked in a fly, and uh, went right to horrible, the back of my throat. Moments. It was horrible, it was absolutely yeah. tiny. But then I had a sudden thought that basically that is the equivalent of a fly of being sucked into a jet engine and uh, just so it com- is. be completely obliterated by somebody's mouth. Just It's a bit worse, actually, because it uh, ends up well. in stomach acid. No, no, it dissolved in uh, stomach it's acid. It's like a jet <laughs> engine into a, a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's like the Sarlacc. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> and I feel, I feel bad because I'm having an awful time, but I think, poor fly, like that's definitely having a bad it is day. worse for them i think you know you can probably comfort yourself it's probably quite a fast death for a fly well, i don't I know think. do you know what it's like to be a fly no i don't phil <laughs> so no. how can you say how do you, how do you know <laughs> you know there is a film called the fly anyway let's get off this topic there you are listeners well we're back i don't know whether we're back in business or not you can very much be the judge of that but we'll be delighted if you choose to join I- us on this rambling journey and uh, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. It'll probably be shorter, I should think. I've got, I've got um, one more. Can go. I do one more? Oh, fine. It's, yeah. it's just a really small, like a small thing. It's the smell of mini eggs is a really special smell. Of mini eggs. I know what you mean, because it doesn't really smell chocolatey, It smells like it? sort of powdery and lovely. It does. Like it's fairy sort farts of, or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some in every bag. Um Yes, it does. I think it's the kind of sugar casing, isn't it? They're, mini eggs in general are quite. But I don't think you thing. could get that think, smell anywhere else. No, if you're going to push me, I would say I prefer them to cream eggs. In fact, maybe iced gems has a similar Ooh, um, flavor, similar smell. smell. I like iced gems. 
very delicious uh very it's sort of the positive bag, end of the of the opposite end of that spectrum would be the when you open a bag like a packet of meat and you get that sort of yeah that's bad that's really we bad. actually learned about this the other day there's some kind of sulfur whatever it is because it's uh oh what is it it's something to do with what happened anyway let's not go around this road <laughs> anyway there you go. um thank you very much for joining us hey it's been fun well, we're going to try and do this every week, and uh, it should be a blast. In the meantime, send us stuff at superbellybros at gmail.com, or you can tweet us in the meantime anyway, either at superbellybros or at lauriebailey3 until we come up with something else. And well, we'll see how long we can go. You know, if no one enjoys the show, then maybe we'll stop, stop doing the show. Um, but if uh, people like do it, it for, do it for us. We man. like do it. it for us. Do it for us. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a nice week. Laurie, have you ever wondered how much a Pixar could picks if it Pixar could picks picks? You said this was a joke. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of somehow to get into this because I haven't done it. I'm ropey. I'm ropey. I'm trying to warm up to it. Let's not use that. Let's use something else. Laurie, I went to no, see... No, it's in there now. It's already in. No, 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 no seriously. Let's in, cut. Beep, beep. <laughs> I'll say something rude so we won't be able to include it. Did, you, did did Joe have a conversation with Judith before we started the podcast? Did he? Um, yeah, she thanked him. It was very moving. Okay. How do you feel about this? <laughs> Are you happy with that? <clears throat> it's more or less being like the only idea I actually have. <laughs> okay, great. We'll see how it goes. <laughs>